Let's just count now to get out of the way. Yeah. Before we forget. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Oh, that's one thing to know, too, for, uh, now that recording, Project Redacted. (laughs) (laughs) When we did record yesterday, we did the method where it's like, hey, everyone press record as soon as you hear me say the word record. Oh. And also, we did numbers counting. Okay. I was going to be like, hey, maybe we should do the method that the three of us who have volunteered to edit actually use. (laughs) But we did. We, we should we should do numbers counting, but also all clap at the same time. Pull up time dot is, and everyone clap every two seconds. Oh my god, no, that's too chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we did we did numbers, so it's good. Also, secret project. It's not Glee, but it's gayer than it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it, it it is gayer simply by percentage of people involved. This is also true. Hey. Christina, should I should I grab a white cloth for these episodes? Hey, if you want to, go for it. <laughs> BRB. Ain't no laws when you're drinking claws. In the meantime, we're recording this on uh, Medicaid. Rip it, community- rip it, baby. <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh fuck! <laughs> that was a bit too much ripping. Oh no! Did you cut yourself, Tanner? No, but I just kind of sprayed it all over my desk. <laughs> oh no! It's fine. It's not even that bad. And that's an old tax document, so it doesn't count anymore. (laughs) Good. Anyways, no laws when you got claws, just flaws. Oh, we are going to have so many flaws to talk about, mostly in the episode. So I'll put the theme song right here. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christina gonna figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening, you're listening to Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. and welcome to Loser Like Me. This is a Glee recap and review project podcast. (laughs) It is both of those. It is both of those. They both start with the letter P. My name is Christina. I'm Tanner, and I got the villain edit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at this point, if you're getting the villain edit in the podcast, that makes Emily the real villain. Oh, no! Okay, listen, we're we're gonna get real into it eventually. But first, yes. we have a viewer email! We do! Yeah, Christina! We have an email. Someone has blessed us with an email on this day. Exactly. Well, technically yesterday. Cool. <laughs> technically like a month ago by the time you hear this. <laughs> <laughs> What's in the email? This is an email from Lauren. Hello, Lauren. It's about our Glee Project stuff. It says, hello, I recently discovered your podcast and have really enjoyed the Glee Project recaps that you've posted so far. I'll have to go back and listen to all your Glee recaps. Well, thank you. I rewatched the Glee Project recently, and what prompted me to do so was when a bunch of the contestants, including McKinley and Lindsay from this season, guested on the Gleek of the Week podcast last year. Hmm. And I also went and I listened to those two episodes this morning. 
They're very good fun. It's a good podcast. Oh, good. Back to the email. Lindsay actually guested on several podcasts over the pandemic, and I can relate to Tanner being protective of Ellis after reading about her experience via her Tumblr because I feel the same way about Lindsay. She is pretty open about how traumatic the experience was and the aftermath for her. What I appreciate about how she talks about it is that she is self-aware and reflective about how she has grown and evolved, but she also sticks up for herself in terms of situations where things were omitted or manipulated specifically to make her the villain of the season. She handles it with grace and humor. And good. Yeah, I felt like this was where that started, like, in earnest. Yes, that is, that is a fair statement. <laughs> and so I actually, I want to, like, I, I think we may have even been too harsh on last week's episode, which was probably the worst uh, Lindsay did in reality that wasn't necessarily blown up by the editors. Yes. <laughs> Pretty sure for the rest of the show, she was just a normal person, but the editors were like, no, no, bad, time for bad. <laughs> even though this is theoretically an unscripted reality show, we still need a villain. Okay, let me finish the email. I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna have to get that off my chest immediately. It's okay, I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> okay, no, no, don't, because I don't, that's, well, I made the joke about the villain edit. It was because, <laughs> okay, so in this episode, one of the, the things that they use to make Lindsay seem quote-unquote bad is that she, they have a whole montage of her talking and talking about a bunch of stuff, and they fade in and out, and they make it seem like she is trying to Lindsay-splain the concept of vulnerability for like an hour's length of time. And I guarantee that it was just a normal conversation and they were just able to cherry pick bits and pieces of Lindsay out of it. Yes. Here's the thing, though. Lindsay is one of the runner-ups. Lindsay gets to be on Glee the show. The show Glee? She's on it. Yes. And the purpose of a reality show, as far as I can tell, is to traumatize your contestants and then use that to create storylines around how they react to that trauma. And Glee Project is great at that first part and does not know how to do the second part. Because you... <laughs> you either want to give a villain a redemption arc or like have people excited when they leave. And the, Lindsay never got a redemption arc because she didn't need a redemption arc because she was a normal person, but they didn't edit her one. And she also doesn't get voted off the show. She makes it to the finale. So there's no catharsis when the theoretical villain loses. You know what I mean? Like they're bad at creating the story because the arc doesn't make sense. <laughs> yes. Glee? Bad at creating a story? <laughs> <laughs> no wonder Ryan Murphy needed people to write things for him. Anyways, back to the email. Yes, back to the email. Sorry, Lauren. <laughs> Lauren goes on to say that she met her while she was in New York City last month, while Lindsay was supporting a friend at her cabaret, and was incredibly lovely. It kind of breaks Lauren's heart to learn that she was still to this day has to deal with Glee Project-related hate on the internet, especially since she is legitimately one of the kindest and humblest Broadway people I've had the pleasure of meeting. I chatted with her on her one day off during an eight-show week where she's starring in one of the hardest roles on Broadway, and she couldn't have been more engaging or generous with her time. Oh I highly suggest you check out her Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, by the way. She's lots of fun. Oh, cool. Uh, I guess I'm sharing all of this to say that she is worthy of Tanner's attempts to give her the benefit of the doubt in your recaps, and I'm sure she would appreciate it, <laughs> since few people did that the first time around. The producers and editors really did her dirty on the show in a few future F moments in particular, some of which she does talk about a little bit on the podcast she was on. Mm -hmm. uh, knowing Christina hasn't seen the Glee Project before, I'm hesitant to recommend watching listening to the podcast in full now, just because specific moments would get spoiled, but I yeah. definitely recommend Tim Murray's Slumber Party podcast which you can watch on YouTube, and the Gleek of the Week podcast, which was mentioned above. Uh, I can also send along snippets from other podcasts where she specifically discussed the Glee project if it didn't stress to you. For your reviewing pleasure, because it relates to what you discussed in the latest episode, I have attached a clip from the Slumber Party podcast of her talking about the ridiculous living conditions the cast had to deal with. What the hell was this show? 
exploitation categorically <laughs> exactly uh sorry for the long email don't worry it's fine we love it i mm-hmm. hope you find this interesting and not annoying we don't we love it yes <laughs> it sounded like you were seeking some inside scoop so i just thought i should let you know where you can find it thank you so much thank you lauren we appreciate uh, yeah. it very much and can't wait to hear what you have to say about next week nor your new loyal listener lauren and then yeah lauren sent a clip from the summer party podcast and also some other clips from, I believe, Gleek of the Week or a different Broadway podcast. I haven't had a chance to listen to those clips yet because I just saw the second email now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it is called Broadway Babies. Okay. Okay. That's what the podcast is called. Yeah, yeah. I, I picked that up. <laughs> Christina, I don't think you care about spoilers. For what? The Glee Project or Glee in general? The answer yeah, is the generally neither. Like, I'm not... Like Lauren mentioned, I'm probably going to avoid specifically listening to whole episodes of other podcasts doing the Glee Project until after we're done with at least season one. But if you want to talk about them, I'm not going to be upset because I I do know, like, who wins this season of the Glee Project and who still makes it onto the show anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, I'll, I'll talk a bit more in depth about... If I'm ever able to hear about behind-the-scenes stuff, I'm going to talk about it during the relevant episode. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's good to know these things ahead of time so we can have them in our minds when watching the episode. Like, yes. look at it and go, ah, yes, here's what kind of mental breakdown was occurring on set this week. Oh, God. Hit me. Oh, no, just in general. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> Every week was a different one. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> that is a very plausible <laughs> thing to have happened in and around the set of the Glee Project. <laughs> In the meat of this episode, or like before we get into the meat of this episode, the on the clip that Lauren attached from the Slumber Party podcast, um, I did not watch listen to that one in full, but on this one, Lindsay talks about the living conditions, like was mentioned. Remember when we said it was like a back lot? Nah, they were in the wilderness. <laughs> so they got there and they were told. That, so they got there in February. But they were told to dress for LA weather, so no one had warm clothes. So they basically had to fight over jackets, and oh, no. no, like the boys got like rain boots, and the girls got UGGs, not waterproof. No, UGGs are categorically not waterproof. <laughs> and they were told what to do if a tick landed on their head, and that if they saw like the eyes staring at them at night, that was a coyote. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> it's like Girl Scout camp or Scout camp regardless of gender but without the fun (laughs) exactly and then apparently in season two like the season two cast stayed at like a former house for the real world and when the season two cast met the season one cast and they were like yeah did you guys stay at the real world house and they're like no we didn't (laughs) yeah and it sounds like most people are friends now like it's it's not like they're all of them so super, super good friends with each other, but like, like there are certain friendships that have stayed connected with each other. Like Lindsay and McKinley yeah. and Alex, because they're all still involved in theater, they're still close friends. But apparently a lot of people just kind of hated each other during the process, and that makes sense. Yes. Yes. The, the Glee Project is not one that necessarily encourages friendship with your fellow contestant. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I feel like... Maybe not this episode, but definitely episode four, which we're going to be recording right after. That one especially, you could tell the producers were like being the devil on people's ear and saying like, but isn't this person too talented? Don't you just wish they would be eliminated? Yeah. And whose fault is that? Ryan Murphy. Society. Society, yes. Also true. Anyways, do you want to get into the episode proper? Yeah, let's do it. This is... Episode 3 of Season 1, Vulnerability. It aired June 26, 2011. Yes. 
in the recap, they say that McKinley forgot a personality, and I'm going to smash Ian Brennan with a hammer. Yes. The recap is basically, hey, you remember how everyone's fucked up? <laughs> and I mean that in the sense of everyone has. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey Emily, is. remember? Hey, Emily, rem- remember when? <laughs> Emily, remember when I told you to queue up that clip from Evangelion? <laughs> Here you go. I'm so fucked up. I don't know Evangelion. <laughs> You'll. <laughs> I'll it's, have to listen to it when it hits post. <laughs> exactly. Anyways, so they come in, and I think it's either McKinley or Lindsay, who they come in from having to sing away Ellis, and like, oh man, Ellis left. Oh my gosh, vulnerability! I knew it! And I have to ask how, but like, I don't know, maybe they were told ahead of time what the topics could be each week. Mm-hmm. Maybe they get a cheat sheet like the drag queens do on Drag Race. <laughs> maybe they got the list, but not the order. Maybe. If that's not giving them too much credit. (laughs) By which I mean the producers, not the cast. Also, I have a note here that just says the Santanification of Emily, which is like, producer, that was also a note she got from the producers. Yeah. I feel like at some point they were like, don't you feel like you're a lot like Santana on the show? I bet if you acted like that, Ryan would be more interested in you or something like that. I don't know. I feel like there was a point at which Emily said that Santana was her favorite character, but I don't remember if it was in a talking hat or not. Yeah. Because also, I have a note to myself to start off episode three's notes, which is trust nothing in a talking head except for their expression. (laughs) That's true. Also, a lot of these talking heads were performed after, like, they were recorded after the person was eliminated or after the show had completely aired. Or not aired, but it was completely finished. And they, like, bring them changes of clothes to make it look like they're recorded on different days. Yes, which is also why I do not trust the talking heads. (laughs) What were you going to say? I was just going to say that, like, if Emily had one, it would definitely be the kind of character she would play. Mm-hmm. But it does make you wonder, how legit is this Emily? And it's not Emily's fault if she's not legit. But it's just another, like, point away from the producers in terms of reality. Yeah, it's it's another one of those things where it's like, would you be saying these things if you, if the producers had not said, like, hey, here is a role that you could play. Now you have to perform, for lack of a better word, as if you were that character. like. There are parts of interactions in the show that I think were genuinely too, regardless of how the producers may have been instructing people to behave, but yeah, it does tinge that view. Yeah. Anyways, thinking of things being tinged, they get to the choir room, and who's the guest mentor going to be? Wait, we it's didn't- Dotmer- Oh, go ahead. Did, did we say what the, what the song for homework was for this week? All right. The song is Please Don't Leave Me by Pink, which I think is a good song that I don't think was saying very well. Yeah. But the mentor is Dot Marie Jones, Coach Hell Beast. Yeah. She talks about how she deals with like heckling and that kind of stuff every day of her life because mm-hmm. she's so butch and people will like mistake her for a man, call her sir, and she says, I don't want to be a sir. I've never wanted to be a sir. And, you know, let's just stick a real angry pin in that for when we get to season six. Yeah. Y'all know what's coming. Yes. <laughs> Fucking gender essentialism. Anyways, the song. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, it's, it was weird because, like, there were parts of this musical number where it's, like, it sounded like Cameron's and Joe's microphones were not working, and so they were just, they were not doing a studio recording for this, they were just using the live audio. Huh. Well, I don't think there was a studio recording, I think it is all just live audio. Huh. Anyway, McKinley does well, and Marissa has a good alto range, which is nice. Yeah, Alex and Mateos also stand out because... They're a lot more subtle and subdued than everyone else. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, because Dot Marie Jones says that Mateus broke her heart, he gets to be the winner for this week. So this is his second winning of the homework assignment. Yeah. Good for him. And Dot also says that Lindsay felt forced in her attempted vulnerability. And Lindsay's Mm -hmm. like, I wasn't forcing it. And Dot is like, okay, but that's how it came off. And then in in all the talking heads are like, ah, and then Lindsay has to talk back at Dot Marie Jones. I can't believe this girl. This is also why I was like, I don't trust the talking heads anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, also, Christina, did you happen to read the Glee Wiki? Uh, I did not have the time before we recorded today. What's the sitch? Okay, the sitch is after the homework assignment concluded and Mateus was awarded the winning spot, Lindsay, Mm -hmm. like, had a private breakdown with Dot Marie Jones because she told her about how she had been abused by her boyfriend. Oh my god. This wasn't shown in the episode. No. (sighs) Because uh, we can't have sympathy for Lindsay. She has to come off as just the worst. Yes. Glee needs a villain, and we can't acknowledge that in the show it's Mr. Shu, and in real life it's Ryan. <sighs> they do also say that Emily was real good with her vulnerability seeing performance because she yes. did not come off as sassy frassy. Those are her words. Yes. Anyways, and then after they get back, Damien it talks about how he's used to the comfort blanket of Celtic Thunder, and he's not used to burning his emotions. Mm-hmm. Because did we say that this that this week's performance is Mad World? Oh yeah, they're gonna be singing Mad World by Tears for Fears, and they're a vulnerable part of themselves in public. Mm-hmm. And and when Robert is telling them what the like, oh yes, the music video for this week is going to be to Mad World, and our concept for this is that we're going to want you. To walk around in public wearing a signboard with one of your deepest insecurities. And it's gonna be in the Universal City Walk. And Hannah in the background is like, bad vibes, man. (laughs) (laughs) Hannah is very underrated in this episode. Yes, Hannah, Hannah is good. This is the first time in my notes for this episode I wrote, protect these teens. Protect the teens and the 20-year-olds. And the 20-year-olds. You're not done baking until you're like 25. Protect the youths! So, and then back in the, the, the shack, the wilderness survival hut. Yeah, and the bivouac. Yeah, so Alex is like, ooh, Mateus, I think you're my biggest competition. This is a special tool we've been setting aside for later. And then Lindsay gets to talk forever Marge than I, montage that I mentioned. Yeah, like, in listening to that part, I was like, I'm kind of hearing, like, audio overlap. Like, they were just, like, using different cuts from the same audio track. Yeah! And I'm just like, hmm. Was it the editor's first time editing a reality show? I really hope not. I wouldn't put it past the real possibility. With the way the production's used to, and some currently do, treat production staff. <laughs> I mean, no, what I'm just saying, the editor's not doing a good job, and they should be called out for it. And I don't know whether I'd prefer that it was their first time, and they didn't know how to make a good storyline. <laughs> I say good with heavy air quotes, because this is like, a, a storyline that makes sense. Do they just not know how to make a storyline that makes sense, or do they just not care anymore? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, and then also Damien has a talking head where he says that she has an opinion about everything. Sometimes you just feel like going up and putting a sock in her mouth. And Damien, I'm sorry, but I don't think I can give you a lot of leeway for that comment. That's just kind of mean. Yes. It's like, yes, sometimes people talk a lot. 
But like, that's not the end of the world, and there's no reason to put a sock in their mouth. <laughs> I mean, it was yeah, it was probably cued by the production staff. Yes, but, yes. <laughs> but I don't think that would have fit him that exact line. Come on, man. How did Damien X Lindsay become like the number one RPF ship out of the show? Well, number two. Number one was Damien X Cameron because fuck a white boys. Normal white boys. Let's let's hear it for normal white boys. Anyways. God. Anyway. Then Lindsay gets a talking head about how she doesn't always feel vulnerable. But then I thought about it and I'm the most vulnerable person I know. And I'm pretty sure they cut off the part after that where she says, because I was in an abusive relationship, that was terrible. Because, again, villain edit. Yes. Removal of context for the use of editing purposes. That's the yeah. <laughs> that, that's the worst. <sighs> that's our slushy. <laughs> also, the I need to apologize if I feel like I'm talking too much. And that's why I brought up me getting the villain edit, is because I feel like I talk a lot. I'm more deserving of a villain edit than Lindsay. <laughs> Christina, you're welcome to put a sock in my mouth anytime. <laughs> Okay. What are friends for? <laughs> I would deputize our friend Lindsay to take care of that in that case. Other Lindsay. <laughs> Lindsay friend for many years, not Lindsay on the podcast, or from the Glee Project. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, this is the part where Eric White, the guy who just really wants to direct music videos and Glee's letting him do that so he's on board with for, with whatever they ask him to do apparently. He comes in and talks to the youths and he's like, we want all of you to walk around Universal City Walk wearing your shame sign. And he encourages them to like talk about what word they're thinking of putting on their signboard and like Hannah's word is fat and Alex's word is gay and Lindsay's word is either depressed or fake. There's a part in here where Eric said, if you want to be a superstar, you've got to be open to the world. And I'm like, Ashley, that's pa that's that's patently untrue. Yes. <laughs> like, you have to be willing to, like, interact th with the world, but you don't have to tell everyone everything. Case in point, several people on the Glee cast. <laughs> Exactly. You you do not have to bear your secrets for all to see. That doesn't make you a better like actor or entertainer, and it's not a requirement of celebrity. People like to think it is because we live in a social media age. Yes, and because fandom has gotten to the point where some fans think that they are entitled to know every detail of an actor's life, and y'all, that's just stalking. Yeah, yeah. You should become a recluse. Yes. If I if I ever get famous, I'm going to become a hermit. I'm deleting every podcast <laughs> I've been on. No one will know who I am. <laughs> no, Tanner. Actually, no. No, it, I think it would be funnier if I, like, somehow make it big in Hollywood, and then, like, 20 years from now, Ryan Murphy's like, Tanner, did you say mean things to me about your podcast? Like, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and I meant every word! <laughs> I want you to know it was me, Ryan. <laughs> Also, a note a note on some of these. So Hannah says that she's going to put fat on there, but she's never really been bothered by it. And I'm like, good. Yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, Alex is, at this point in the show, only out to his mother. And yeah. now he's like, I guess I'm going to put gay on my side and come out to the entire world. And also, Alex is only a high school junior. They're baby! Child. Child, children, child. Um... Did I say that McKinley's word was going to be either ethnicity or biracial? Because like she said, she would put something with her race because 
it's it's been an issue for her mm-hmm. because i think she says like she's from kentucky one of her parents is black one of her parents is white <laughs> and like the stigmatism is not good yeah and can you happen. know what something that really bugs me about this episode is that it's very much the tokenization of all these issues because they're like what issue do you have? Well, I'm gay and that makes me sad sometimes. Great! Let's put it on a sign! And they yeah. don't actually, like, dig into, like, people talking about their issues Tanner. or getting into things. Tanner, th- this is Glee. <laughs> the issues can only be exploited, not treated. <clears throat> and I say that because, like, we then have the disparity of, like, Samuel says, like, my word's gonna be either denied or unwanted because I went through a really bad breakup. And Emily is like, my word is going to be abused because I, like, content warning. I, because she flat out says she has been sexually abused by music producers. And my note is here in all caps. Someone give her a hug right now, justice for everyone. Oh, thank God Marissa gave her a hug. Yeah. Because holy shit. <laughs> and then Eric's like, oh, that's great. So we could write used on your sign. We can use this. No. Monetize your trauma, children. It's like, it would be one thing if this was like... This is like the Born This Way episode, but the bad place. The worst place. <laughs> and I wonder, like, based on the timing of when Born This Way came out, this was either happening as was being filmed or slightly before. Like, were th- which inspired which? Which is the chicken? Which is the egg? <laughs> I have to imagine that Born This Way was shot first. And maybe Ryan Murphy was like, hmm, this will be a good way for me to consider whether or not I can create character flaws for the fictional characters these real people are going to be creating. I like how I like how my Ryan Murphy voice is RuPaul and your Ryan Murphy voice is Skeletor. <laughs> There's a difference. Skeletor can be redeemed. <laughs> Skeletor has a gardening podcast. Ryan Murphy does crimes. <laughs> Mm, garden plots with ryan murphy i'm just shaking my head good (laughs) so next segment music time yeah we dig into some other people's words marissa's word is gonna be flawed protect her except uh in the promo for the episode and all the like after the break promos it's like marissa crying be like i have to change my word and like ooh, what's the word gonna be yes so her word at first is flawed yes and and then Nikki <laughs> is like, why'd you pick that? Oh, but I don't want you to talk about something that you're not comfortable talking about. And I'm sitting here like, yes, you are. You do. You want her to talk about this shit. Yes. And they cut away right after Nikki's like, it's okay. You don't have to tell me unless you want to. I'm a licensed therapist on better help. <gasps> okay. So anyways. Anyway. Cameron. Uh, Let's talk about Cameron. Cameron. Cameron, sweet boy. I was ready to throw out of a window, but he he walked it back later, like 10 minutes later in the episode. Yeah. What's Cameron's word? So Cameron's word is misunderstood because not a lot of the Christians in Texas where he lives dress like him. And that sounds real bad. That sounds real season two, episode three, The Grilled Cheeses. I've never heard of someone being an atheist before, but in his defense. I thought it was like, my interpretation is like, I'm misunderstood because I'm a nerd and I'm from Texas football country. And you know what? Nerd would have been a way better word for him. But like, when we get into the actual shooting of the music video, it's clear that he was just like really scraping the bottom of the barrel trying to come up with 
an issue that he could monetize. Yeah, and we'll get into that later. We'll yeah. get into an issue that the production could monetize. Damon's world is numb because he feels like he, everything is falling by the wayside in the, uh, the name of his career. And he's become so numb, he can't feel you there, become so tired, mm-hmm. so much more aware. Mm-hmm. And like, the rest of Damien's like music music recording bit here is, it felt like Nikki putting a lot of words in his mouth. Like, oh yes, like this is how this makes you feel, right? And he's like, yes, sure. But at the end of it, he's like, oh, this is like going to therapy. Ha 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 well, the upside is that one of the things Damien's concerned about is that he'll never find love, and the good news is that he got married last year. So, hey. Oh, good! Good for him! Congratulations, you're off the market. <laughs> I think being attached to a project that contains the word Glee in the year of our Lord 20, 2010 or 2011 should have come with free availability for four sessions of therapy at a time of your choice. Just four? You need more, but four is probably what they would include. My work offers four free sessions of therapy per year. Oh, cool. Four four is not enough. Anyway, time for shoot day. (laughs) Yeah, so we do get the flashback to the mentor session. Dot calls Mateus little stud muffin. Mm Mm-hmm. She's like, you're a hell of a man, you little stud muffin, you. And it's like, it's very, it's very pure because it's like, you you can tell that like, Dot Marie Jones is a good mentor. That they're clearly, like, working together well, and she's clearly saying things that Mateus can take to heart. Yeah. Then we get to, like, we kind of cut back and forth between them doing, like, the actual shooting of the music video. Yeah. Oh, Mateus is a one-take wonder. Like, we don't have to worry about him. He's great. Mateus, great. You're great. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, we kind of cut between, like, them doing the shooting and and, like, everyone else in this, like, staging area with a monitor so that they can watch all of their fellow contestants being taken advantage of for the sake of Eric White's art. (laughs) Yeah, but at least this has some kind of sense of camaraderie because they're all in this together. Yes. There's a talking head where Robert preaches about being vulnerable. And they're, speaking of High School Musical, there's a shot where Robert, Nikki, and Zach are hanging out on a balcony above everyone like they're Sharpay Evans. <laughs> like, literally, it was like a shot from below of them up on this balcony landing above everyone else. And I'm like, this is not what I want. This is not what I planned. And I just gotta say, hey, I do not understand. Something is really... Something's not right. Really wrong. <laughs> and we gotta, and we gotta get, get things get back to where they belong. We can do it. Get them out of the Glee Project. <laughs> Cameron's word says miss hyphen line break. Understood. <laughs> you know, like the pink album. Yes. Cameron is miss understood. <laughs> Please welcome to the stage, Misunderstood! Woo! Black Veil lit! <laughs> As Cameron is doing his thing, we hear, like, the producers talking about how, like, Cameron is too confident in himself. He's too normal. It's Everyone must normie. have at least one mental health situation that we can exploit to be on Glee. Fucking normie. How can we break him? <sighs> Literally. Meanwhile... Meanwhile, Emily. So for Emily's thing, she's going to be walking down the street with her used board and some guys are going to look at her and she's going to look sad (sighs) because, yeah, 
And then between takes, she's like being like chipper and joking, acting like her like usual self that we have seen. And they're like, how come Emily isn't acting sad between takes? She needs to stay in character. I'm rolling back from my microphone. It's a coping mechanism! Also, I'm t- have you guys not met actors before? They're not all Jared Leto. Yes. Have you met the Glee cast? <laughs> You've been around actors. Sometimes people can turn the trauma on and off. It doesn't mean that it shouldn't be dealt with in a healthy manner. <sighs> but now the only thing that could <laughs> get, make, make the episode worst is the segment that I refer to in my notes as a fucked up arts and crafts time. <sighs> so oh, Alex. Wait. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. I want to talk yeah. about Alex too. <laughs> Yeah, so Alex is doing their thing. They've got the gay sign that says they're gay because according to the Glee Project wiki, they are a homosexual. <laughs> That's what it says on the wiki. And Alex has, I think, what is, I think, the correct response to being told to wear a shame sign in the middle of the Universal City Walk, which is to dissociate. Damn, that's great acting. When Alex is talking about like how, like, their perspective of the filming process was they're like yeah i just kind of like thought about literally anything else and like good correct and so then marissa sees alex kind of burying their soul for everyone to see on a shame mm-hmm. board yeah and then we get the i have to change my word yeah like it's she's she's actually crying i'm having it up because that's what the show wants you to do yeah she's like i'm going to change my word because and i think she was talking to this talking about this with like emily or something and she's like i'm gonna change my word because in the past i've dealt with anorexia no she doesn't even say that she says i need to change my word because it w- wouldn't be honest she never oh, okay. actually says the word anorexia out loud. no one says the term anorexia out loud we just get a, we get the talking head saying i had to change my word to be true to myself and i think my past self would be proud and then it cuts to her like, getting the new sign that says anorexia, we get the big reveal shot of anorexia. Yeah. And then the, the judges in the background are like, oh, good, she's good, she's vulnerable, excellent. And that's it. We don't unpack it, we don't discuss it, we don't get to hear her talk about what was going through her head beyond I felt like I should. There's yeah. definitely, we don't see any producers saying to her, are you sure you picked the right word? But I wouldn't be shocked if I find out that that has been the case. They probably they yeah. probably did that to everyone. There was they probably had seated like seventeen different APs in the background. Be like, do you think such and such picked the right word in the hopes that they'd overhear that and go, oh, maybe I didn't. Yeah, Marissa, I don't. I imagine you're probably not listening to this podcast, but if you are, I hope you're doing well. Yeah, I mean that goes for everyone. We really hope yes. that you're doing well. And if we're laughing at the horrible, horrible situations that is, it's not because we think it's funny. It's very much that gift from Veep of her going, "Ha ha ha! What the fuck?" Yes, exactly. And actually, no. Hang on. I want to unpack this a little bit more because it goes hand in hand with the idea of, oh, if you want to be a celebrity, if you want to be a star, you gotta bear everything. Like, no, you don't. And no, it's not you don't. Fair. <laughs> It's not fair for people to feel pressured to expose themselves for whatever issues they're dealing with. Yes. If they're not ready to do so. Like, I'm trying to think of people. Compare this to two people. They're not major, major celebrities, but Becky Albertalli, the author, and Pushing Up Roses, the YouTuber. Becky Albertalli is bisexual, and she was not ready to come out until she basically got dogpiled by people saying you're not allowed to write about queer people unless you're actually queer. And so she was basically forced out to talk about it. Oh, no. 
And then you compare that to Pushing Up Roses, who is, has openly discussed her body dysmorphia and her anorexia and, like, eating disorder, all that kind of stuff. Not, like, a lot, a lot, but she made a good in-depth video about it, and she's made several tweets about it, just like, I'm feeling this, da-da-da-da, and she has said, like, I'm ready, I'm at a place where I can talk about this now, in the hopes mm-hmm. that it can help people recognize these symptoms and understand what they're going through, what their loved ones may be going through, and hopefully seek help before things get really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference, is that... Yeah, a celebrity, a famous person, a knowable person can come out and talk about the stuff they're going through if they're in a healthy place, but that's different from essentially being forced into it. Yes. Either because people are claiming that you are not doing the right thing by not mm-hmm. talking about it, or by feeling like you have to in order to seem quote-unquote legitimate. Or because Robert Ulrich has demanded that you expose your, your personal issues to everyone. <laughs> yeah on, on american television there it, it's it's the whole disparity between like choosing to talk about something versus having to talk about something exactly and i i wish like if these kids wanted to talk about their issues in the hopes that it would help people that would be great but they weren't really given the choice no my my last thought on this is that like it's kind of tying back into like what we were talking about at the beginning like the contrast between the glee episode born this way where we got kind of like a half plot, a plot and a half about the Glee kids, the New Directions, going through introspection about like, what is something that you are insecure about? And like, in that episode, at least in that, in that episode, it, like everyone got a little bit of development over like how they are, how they are dealing with their insecurities and becoming stronger people through it. And we didn't get that with the Glee project because their insecurities were only brought up so that they could be monopolized upon. Exactly. Okay. Time for the music video. It's whatever. Yeah, it's... <sighs> My notes here are that Hannah, McKinley, and Marissa had very good voices to go with this musical number. But it's all... It's, it's all filmed in this very, like, grainy, faux, black and white filter. It's very, like... Like, I shot something like this in middle school. (laughs) I did something styled similarly in my middle school English class, I think. And it's basically just, like, all of the contestants, like, walking around and sitting and looking sad about their shame signs. Then at the end, they all turn around and we see that the back of the signboards spells out, You are not alone, but they spell it U-R-N-O-T-A-L-O-N-E, because... They've already sent two people home, and so they can't spell out the word. No, they would need more people than two, because you can't spell your without Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. Yeah. And even if they put an apostrophe on someone's sign with a letter. There's no spaces. It's just, you're not alone. Yes. Or not alone. Yes. It's Italian. (laughs) I cook the pasta. My favorite part of this music video is that after they're done rapping, we get to see all of the contestants cathartically tearing apart and destroying their signboards. Good. (laughs) If we were giving out gold stars, that would be it. Yes. So then we get to the the cutting chamber. No, let me try that again. That's (laughs) we we get to the expulsion chamber. (laughs) The judgment room. (laughs) The auditorium of shame. Yes. It's Lindsay, Emily, Damien, and Cameron who are low, but ultimately they let Lindsay get a callback, and so it's Emily, Damien, Cameron who have to sing for Ryan. Mm-hmm. 
I do have a quick note here, which is like, they mentioned that like, oh, Emily, you were a completely different person and you didn't stay in character when you weren't on camera. And Cameron, you're, you were too normal. And Damien, you weren't honest enough. And I just want to note here that the way that Lindsay was styled for like this one particular scene, she looked like Megara from Hercules. And I thought that oh, was hey. cool. It was like the way that her hair was like wrapped up kind of a thing. Oh, now I want to hear her sing, I won't say I'm in love. She could rock that. Yeah. But yeah, so Damien gets Are You Lonesome Tonight by Elvis. Emily gets Grenade by Bruno Mars. And Cameron gets Your Song by Elton John, which apparently he has never heard before or he's only heard once. I don't know. Also, feel feel free to take this bit. There's sirens outside. <laughs> so during the song rehearsal, Damien feels an emotion for the first time at the, enjoying this competition. <laughs> And he has a full-on uh, little baby breakdown because he is, he is just like in the song, he has had to choose between his career and his love life. And I'm just thinking, Damien, you're 18. And also, again, you are married now. So it all worked out for you. But okay, have your cry. Mm-hmm. And like, my note here is like, I know who's going home this week because I know what happens. I know the fates of the other two contestants who are in the bottom three. When Emily is preparing her, her Sing for Your Life song, she says, this sucks balls. And I said, Emily, get therapy. <laughs> <laughs> she's right though in the most supportive sense yes she is categorically correct <laughs> this does indeed suck balls ah <laughs> uh, sing for your life <laughs> do you want to do cameron or do you want me to do cameron so cameron's a, a normie as they said before he's just a just a, a guy he is just one boy who is a, a boy and ryan's like i don't think you're enough of an underdog look at how you're dressed this isn't how you were dressed in your headshot darling I don't know where this voice is going. You look like a model. You look like a Linda Evangelista. Bring back the nerd. Take your fucking twink and get the fuck out of here. Ryan Murphy is like, this was a coffee house performance and I didn't get much emotion into it. And like, after they tell Cameron, go change. <laughs> they're like, Robert Ulrich leans over and he's like, he dressed up because that's what he thought that he was supposed to do. <laughs> he did it for you, dad. Like, literally, the contestants who have had to sing for their lives in the past, like, most of them do dress up a little bit nicer. Like, they dress up like they're going to a job interview. <laughs> so I feel it's it's weird that they were like, Cameron, you're not nerdy enough. Go change. <laughs> anyway, Cameron take one is over. Emily's song is Grenade. She introduces herself as the legendary Emily Vasquez, which is great. <laughs> she sings it well. She maybe does a little bit too much riffing, but she's a, but it's a very good performance. And Ryan Murphy is like, you showed me how we could perform the song Grenade on Glee. And then he says, you should have stayed in your power. And they don't like that she deflects things into humor. And I'm like, once again, I am ready to fist fight the production team. <laughs> yeah. Cameron, take two. <laughs> he's a nerd now and he's singing a little bit more sad. And awkward. <laughs> and at the, and the last note, he goes, awu. And they're like, yes, this is the nerd boy we want to see. And uh, then it's time for Damien. And they mention that like, oh, Damien could be so vulnerable, but he also could be the most caricature-y. And I'm over here looking to the camera directly like I'm on the office. I know who is coming. I know the character that is coming. Oh, boy. All right, then. So Damien sings his song and it's good, and they're like, Damien, you felt an emotion. He's like, yeah, I had a little breakdown and cried for 20 minutes while mm. rehearsing the song. And mm. Ryan Murphy's like, excellent, I can write about that. Ryan Murphy's like, look at the little Irish woobie. Look at this poor little meow meow. <sighs> Anyways, ba 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 The list is up. 
go go look at it real and- real quick they they go through and they when they're like deliberating they're like oh who don't we have on the show already and they're like emily is a better solo performer than damien but cameron is too perfect to be on glee he's too normal <laughs> the fact that they're looking at what are they missing but then in season four they brought in people who are literally just clones of people who had graduated last year yes i'm angry yes because, yes, yeah, Emily, if Emily was on the show and they were writing a character based around her, she would have been a lot more similar to Santana than, like, a more wholly original thing. But if if your whole thing is right who she is, you know, she's not the kind of person who's going to have a whole big breakdown. She's going to get angry and get even. Right to that. We know you can. Santana exists. Yes. What's What's better than one Santana? Two Santanas. <laughs> what's better than one Santana? Santana and a sidekick. <laughs> A partner in crime. Exactly. Who has not, who has not done actual crimes. <laughs> well, you never know. Santana's done crimes. Why not? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But unfortunately, the list is up, so go take a look. Yeah. And Emily is Emma eliminated. Yeah. It's really sad that she's so accepting of it. She looks at the list and she's like, yeah. Yeah. She's like, I wanted to stay on longer, but I hope that something good comes out of it. And Emily, I just, w- I hope that you're okay. <laughs> yeah. I hope something good did come out of this bullshit. Yeah. So speaking of which, um, they do they do keep holding on, and where are they now? Since she's been gone. <laughs> I actually didn't look this up beforehand. Unless it's you okay, did. I, I did. Okay, good. So according to that recap video, whose creator I did not remember to write down this time, but that the YouTuber who we have referenced previously, um, Emily is involved with her sister's production company. Emily has apparently worked on a couple of different TV productions. It sounds like in a production capacity. Uh, she is still singing, and her and her sister's production company, uh, La Lucia Productions, uh, they do skits and TikToks. So she's she's still out there, hopefully participating in the entertainment industry in a way that she is comfortable with. Exactly. And I also hope that she got therapy because she because she deserves it <laughs> if she wants it. I mean, pretty much everyone who I've heard talk about the Glee Project season one has said, yeah, that was a traumatic experience. Yes. Uh, Tanner, I forget how we end these. Oh, uh, we end these by the person who didn't start the episode saying that Loser Like Me is a part of the Corner Podcast Network and we can be heard on your podcasting platform of choice. And if we aren't there, let us know and we'll work on getting there. We can be found at LoserLikeMePod on Twitter and through LoserLikeMePod at gmail.com. Next time, dance, 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 Next time, dance for your life. Dance, 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 dance. Three, two, one. And that's what you missed on the Glee Project. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now As we riff the show Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out Why we love the show Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening You're listening To loser like me Loser like me Loser like me the Glee Project. Dance, 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 dance,